This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always by Brian Peroni. It's the final week of July. Um, SEC Media Days are in the books. Uh, one final week of, of recruiting before a, another dead period goes into place until the end of the year. And um, we got plenty to get to. And Brian, how's everything going? I know I know you've had a bit of an interesting week going on here the, the last couple of days. Oh man, I, I thought I was about to I thought I was about to have to move. Uh, so I, I was I had, I had told you I think I had texted you this when yep. it happened. So I was out of town for a few days last week. Um, got back in what Thursday night. I go to use my downstairs. I uh, you know got the half bath down there, and I go to use the the bathroom, and I look. Dude, there is a tail sticking out behind the uh, toilet lid when it's up. There's a tail sticking out. It's a rat tail. I mean, this thing's huge. I was like, well, th- that's it. I was like, I'm burning the house down. I'm moving. I shut that door. I don't know what to do. I'm just like, like, seriously, I'm just contemplating like, all right, like I can't ever live here again. I like a, a house infested with rats is not something. And then I'm like, you know, if there's one rat, there's got to be millions of them in the walls. And I'm just my mind is racing going to all these worst case scenarios. Like, all right, this is done. So I, so I take a towel and I jam it underneath the door. So in my mind, the rat can't escape, but they can chew through things. Who knows? I get some, I go get some mouse traps. You know, CBS was open. I was the only thing open. I get some mouse traps and I come back and I put them in, you know, in the kitchen because the bathroom's right there. I also notice when I'm putting those out, I notice some like droppings, around uh the kitchen and the dining room just like this is it's like this is an infestation this is no good i'm not even going to be able to sleep tonight like i'm done this is it so you know i'm sitting there i was like okay i was like i don't know what my plan is you know with this rat trapped in the bathroom so i was like all right i made it opened it little corner of the towel i pulled off and i got a bat and i'm just like waiting there for this rat to come out it didn't so then I put a rat trap right outside there. So if it comes out, there's no way it can go anywhere else. It has to get caught in the trap. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll at least get this one. I was like, it's done. Dude, nothing happens. And then I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. I hear scratching on the bathroom door, just like loud. And then I look and just in that little space that I opened up, I see the biggest paws I've ever seen. A paws, claws, I don't know, on a rat. So I'm sitting there just like, the, the thing can't get out. I'm looking. I can sort of see it putting its nose. I was like, how big is this rat that it cannot get out of that space? And now I'm just like, now I have a world record rat. Like, this is the end of, <laughs> it's over. Every It's over, man. I'm moving. I'm looking at where can I buy rent a house for temporary. So I'm just hearing this thing scratch on the door. I was like, dude, that's a huge rat. And then I start thinking, I was like, those droppings were pretty big 
I was like, that that's bigger than a rat. It's like, and then I was like, that tail was really long. So I, I was like, I get the I get the bat in my hand, and I was I decided to open up the door. I was like, I gotta, I have to see this thing. Let me just tell you, I have never been so excited to see a possum in my house in my life, man. <laughs> I opened the bathroom door, it's a possum. Uh, not quite full grown, but pretty big, just like sitting there and then, uh, you know, hissing at me. And <laughs> so at least I don't have a rat infestation. I get the possum, I get it outside. It goes, it goes in my neighbor's yard because it's their fence. I think before I went out of town, I think my dog just probably thought it killed it and brought it in through the dog door and just dropped it in the corner. The thing does what they do, played possum, and I never saw it. And then it just spent four days roaming around the house, man. But yeah, I never, I would have been really mad to have a possum in my house, except when, when the other option was to have a rat infestation. So I didn't have to move, just had to do a little cleaning and get that stupid possum out of my house. <laughs> so yeah, it's, scary, uh, it, though, it was, you? oh no, yeah, they got like, I mean, I have, uh, with my old dog in a different house, man, I went outside and one's on the top of my fence and, like, just shows his teeth hissing. I was like, all right, this is your background, backyard now. <laughs> I took her inside. I was like, put the dog door down. But It's like, yeah, man. Just just to put, lock everything, lock the doors. When you told me that you had, you had a possum, I was like, I don't know whether this is... This is good or bad. I would be I would be terrified opening the door to that thing. But the oh no! So it, the very first time, if I would have seen that it was a possum at first, I would have freaked out. Like, what is a possum <laughs> doing in my house? They have sharp teeth. What? How am I going to get this out? But just really, when I started thinking about it, all the rats that I probably had on my walls, this and I was like, I got to find out how they're getting in. This was a huge relief. Like I said it was, <laughs> and it really puts things in perspective. That I was like, oh, it's just a possum. It was so. quite the welcome home. It was just sitting there, you know. I know your 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 dog's still kind of getting settled in that house, but you know it's only been a couple couple weeks and months, but already crushing and bringing in possums and and oh, yeah. and stuff outside. It's it's yeah. She quite stayed she stayed at my mom's house when I was gone, and apparently just like hopped up and grabbed one from the top of the fence <laughs> and just took off running with it. And I was like, so I, I was like, all right, I guess I'm just. Every night when she comes in, I'm gonna have to do a possum now. <laughs> you have to, yeah, at least once once it's done it once now, you're like, all right, I know you're capable of doing it. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, <laughs> and I know what you're capable of now. I've I've got you all covered. Uh well boy. Good times. Glad, so, glad, you know, I know you not, guys have all tuned into the Texas A yeah, podcast to hear about not my mice and Glad it's not mice yeah. and, and rats. That would have been just a horrible way to to come home too, and I know that's what everybody tuned in. We got to have a little fun at the end at the end of July. Oh yeah, right? it feels like it's it's kind of been not not the best month for Texas A and M on the recruiting trail. So got to have some some laughs and some and 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 sense of humor about it. Hey, that uh, changed. But the, that changed though. You said not the best that, month. That did. But... That sure did. That changed on Sunday. Um, some much needed good news for A and M on the recruiting trail. Um, landing top one hundred offensive linemen. Um, Chase Basantis out of Don Bosco Prep, um, really, really huge. First, the first commitment for uh, Steve Adazio since he arrived at A and M, and it's a big one. And and just a guy when you turn on his film, you you mentioned it when we were talking before the show. Just it's it's almost eight minutes of just pancaking people, and just and just the physicality and mauling, and you know, probably a guy that pretend, uh that projects as an inside guy at the college level, but um, plays with the kind of the nastiness and, and, and tenacity that that fits well with Steve Adazio and 
Um, I know those two, when, when Chase Besantis talked about his visit to A&M, he talked about um, how well those two seemed to, how well he seemed to click with, with Steve Adazio as, as well. Um, Brian, what do you think about this addition and, and what it could kind of mean for A&M um, heading into the 2023 class? Well, if for nothing else, A&M needed momentum, you know, and yep. they needed momentum more. They had gotten a commitment from a really good commitment from Damian Sanford a month ago, but even a month is a long time. But going back before Sanford, it had been since what the three in a row in uh, in April. So they needed a commitment and a big time guy, and they did it in a national one hundred. So uh, even if Basantis, let's just say, even if he never plays at A and M, this is big just to get that ball rolling. And I think we'll talk about it in a little bit. But you know, there are some other guys that could you know could be dominoes that fall. So it's big in that way. But Basantis is. Yeah, I mean, just if if you're around a computer, if you're not just listening in your car, if you're listening in your house and you can, you know, check out the computer, or pull up a huddle on your phone, go look at Chase Basanta's huddle right now. And it's just fun to watch. Like, he just mauls people. I mean, he in pass pro, he's putting people on their back. You know, he's firing out and putting people on their back. He's driving linebackers 20 yards down the field and put them on their back. So really physical. And that's what his coach uh, yesterday when I – when I uh, spoke to his coach, um, you know, just raved about his physicality and also just, you know, how smart he is in his preparation and in the film room and the weight room and all that. But, but yeah, you can see that strength. And I mean, he's 290 now. He'll probably play at 310, 320. So he'll add some strength. So I, oh, it's a great pickup. It's a versatile guy. I mean, AM has pretty much told him probably interior, like you said. But I mean, neither of us has seen him in person. You know, it'd be nice to get up there and watch him this fall. But, uh, so I don't know exactly how he's built, but, you know, just watching his film, it seems like tackle isn't out of the question. So you got to love the, the versatile guys like that. Yeah. And when you look at one of the big things you mentioned, tackle, his feet are are really good and, and just the way he's able to move. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's probably a guy that you could swing out and play t- and play tackle and, and he'd probably be fine. But yeah, I think his, his best fits probably on the offensive line or, or probably on the interior and you mentioned just what what sort of impact this could have. Um, you know, just over the past couple of months, there's been a lot of you know connections between him and TJ Shanahan as two guys that um, have talked about you know their relationship and going on meeting on visits and and all that sort of stuff and potentially liking to hoping to play together. And so this could help in that front as well as A and M looks to try to land TJ Shanahan, who again kind of has the same. Same sort of style and and nastiness. I know your video um, from the spring went went violent, but when viral, yeah, him but, just, throw, yeah, just throwing his teammate back just and like throwing a drill. his teammate around and, and all that. So he helped um, him up. He, he helped him up, but yeah, he did help him up. Which which he always tries to help him up at the end. He does <laughs> yeah. he does make that point as well. Um, what impact do you think Basantis could have on on Shanahan? And uh, what do you make of all that? Yeah, I think they're two guys with pretty similar personalities. They're you know, at least outwardly, like when you look at interviews and things like that, they're pretty low key, but they're both, uh, yeah, they both just love physicality, man. And I'm just trying to imagine like those two guys at guard with whoever the center is, if it's Bryce Foster or whoever, I mean, that's pretty intimidating group. Like TJ Shanahan, he says he's down to 310, but I mean, he played at 325 or so big dude, long hair, looks like the undertaker. And then, you know, Basantis, another just big dude that's, you know, 
gonna fire off. I don't want to see either one of those guys if I'm a defensive tackle in the <laughs> in the SEC. So, but yeah, I think Basantis will help. Uh, will definitely help with Shanahan. I think things already look good with Shanahan before this happened, mm-hmm. and uh, this could only help. And uh, you know, there's looks like he's likely to be in town this weekend. Uh, Shanahan, that is, for the pool party. So. Uh, you know, maybe A&M convinces him, you know, add, add some momentum and, and shut it down now. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but there's always a possibility. So that would be a huge one-two for Adazio. Yeah, if he's if he's able to lock down TJ Shanahan, suddenly, you know, I know there's been kind of a lot of consternation about the offensive line and a lot of talk about it. If, they've, if they're able to close it out with TJ Shanahan, now suddenly you're sitting in a pretty good spot along the offensive line, just having – Colton Thomas in the picture now and and Chase Basantis. That's an awfully good start. If they're able to, they're probably, you know, two pieces away with Caden Jones coming in as well, um, projecting as a as a guy that um really looked good at, at camp early this summer. Suddenly the offensive line starts to look look a little better and 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 maybe that kind of goes to to the point Jimbo Fisher was making last week when he you know, arrived in at SEC Media Days. One of the first questions was, you know, where does he think the 2023 class stands right now? And said he feels like they're in a really good spot. And so, you know, I think one of those one of those things he was kind of pointing to is is there's still six months to go. And if A and M can kind of get some momentum over the last couple of weeks, they suddenly sit in a better spot heading into the fall as the, as they try to close on guys. And you know, speaking of guys that they they could be closing on, I know when. Basantis made his decision yesterday. You came out with a uh, potential next five guys to watch, and and one of them on there is uh, Ramir Stewart, who uh, has been a guy that A and M has targeted for quite a while. Um, obviously, teammates with Eni White, who's now on campus at Imhotep up on the East Coast, and um, you know I think I think A and M would love to add him to the fold too. And and he he's really high on A and M. Obviously, the connection with with white helps, but he's been down to campus several times and, and has strong relationships of his own with, with several members of that staff, obviously, including Elijah Robinson, who's, who's got ties to that area. And, you know, um, it, from talking to people, it does sound like A&M sits in a, in a favorable spot for him as well as he, as he kind of works towards a decision as well. Yeah. It wouldn't be a shock to see uh Ramirez Stewart, you know, maybe even make a decision as soon as this week, I know he's tweeted out a date, you know, is he yeah. going to commit on that date? That's, you know, it's possible. And if so, then AM seems likely he's been down to campus a few times with the I White. Uh, good player, you know, four-star kid. But, you know, the next few weeks could get pretty exciting. You never know if TJ Shanahan's going to, you know, he had told me a while back that he wants to do it either before the season or during the early signing period. So if he does it before the season, that's coming up because, you know, high schools, man, they start early now. They start like – yeah. They go back to school like August 13th or 14th or something. So he would have to do that. Caden Jones, you know, we mentioned from New Orleans offensive lineman. He's coming back again. He's the nephew of Marcus Jasmine, a name that some older ags will uh, recognize, an offensive lineman from the early aughts, late 90s, early aughts. Uh, Austin Novasad, we've talked about ad nauseum on here, uh, current Baylor commit, but also looking at AM, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. He's visiting. Baylor, Notre Dame, and probably A&M this week and wants to have a decision before the season. And then Dalton Brooks, uh, you know, from Shiner, another standout safety. He's a guy that maybe one of the quietest kids I think we've ever covered. I don't I don't know if he's ever done an interview that wasn't in person, 
But, uh, you know, there's a chance he ends up back in town this weekend and, you know, maybe he makes a decision. I think he would be considered a heavy A&M lean. So all of, that, all of a sudden you go from five commits, you know, and people worrying about the class to having quite a few more and, and a ton of these, you know, four stars and national top 100 guys. So, uh, you know, we had told people not to not to worry. And I think they'll see, uh, you know, they'll see that. You'll see some people backing off the ledge a bit. Yeah, and I think that goes to the point, you know, the past couple of weeks, you know, and it's not just the questions that we got. I mean, um, Josh Pate uh, does a bold prediction segment on his on his show, and one of them was that A&M would finish outside the top 60 in recruiting rankings, I believe. And, um, you know, that that may be – that's probably from another fan base. But the, the reality of the matter is, I mean, Jimbo Fisher signed – you know, several top top ten classes. You know, to run a top ten classes since he's been here. A and not just going to fall off a ledge. It, just, it you know it it was going to take some time for for things to get going, and and every class moves at a different pace. But and we've definitely seen more of the A and M commits probably in the past week or so getting involved with tweets and and things like that. But um, it really does feel like A and M starting to to pick up momentum. And you know, with Ramirez Stewart, the interesting question that was brought up on the board was. Um, about what impact that would have on on guys like Dalton Brooks and Peyton Bowen and Kylan Jackson and what would AM do if if all of them wanted into the class. I think AM's shown in the past, especially with the class limits being lifted, that if there's a guy that they believe can help team and 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 contribute, they're gonna look to find a way to, to get him in the class. And and that goes for for um Ramir Stewart, that goes for Kylan Jackson and um, whether they end up with with all of them remains to be seen, but I think I think that's an important point to just to know with with Jimbo Fisher is if he's if there's a chance for him to add a guy to the fold that he feels like he can help, they're going to do it and they'll and they'll figure out numbers as we've talked about before. Yeah, I think we saw that with the defensive line. Like yeah. obviously he's a five he's a five star, but you know LT Overton was just icing on the cake. Like you didn't necessarily need a five star who had reclassified, but. Yeah, AM's gonna take him. And I mean, that's a little easier to say about about that than, you know, than uh, you know, another guy. But I mean, it's just I've covered now, I think it's 17 or 18 years now that I've covered AM recruiting, maybe even a little longer. And it's just so crazy from what it started. Like AM, anytime they landed a four star, it could have been somebody outside of the top two fifty and they but if they had landed a four star, it was a huge deal. And now fans are like, no, thank you. You know, they're oh, this kid's only ranked number one twenty. Nah, we can pass on him. So, you know, it's just it's. I mean, obviously the recruiting has gotten better. And the fact, what'd you say, Josh Pady answered the question. You know, true or false? If A and M would finish outside the top six? Yeah, like, he, that was top never. 60. Oh, 60? Oh, that's stupid. Okay, never mind. I thought you said top six. And I was like, if we're debating the top six, I think that shows where A&M is. But even the top 10, that shows where where A&M is. If, you know, you're not going to see A&M out of the top 10. And so, yeah, that's, you know, so it's just, you know, fans, it's like, I do understand getting jumpy, especially seeing some targets like Malik Muhammad and Jonte Cook, you know, go elsewhere. But, you know, I think Fisher and this staff have proven that they can recruit. And we keep saying this, he's known for closing. Like it's always really crazy busy right before both signing days. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting going back just a little bit further. Um, you know, before he went to SEC media days, Jimbo Fisher talked about 
kind of where AM is on the recruiting trail now versus where they were when they arrived and talked about just the inroads that they've had at, at uh, especially on uh, the question was along the East Coast and how they've been able to build inroads along the East Coast. And Jimbo Fisher pointed out, you know, not to brag or, and I've now heard him bring it up twice in the past week, not to, you know, brag or anything, but he's, he is one of five coaches, five active coaches with a national championship. And, and it seems like that's, that's, obviously been a talking point and, and talked about just the success A&M has been able to have with some guys from the East coast and how much easier that makes it to recruit the East coast. Once you're able to get guys on campus, show them A&M and um, you know, the, to your point, that's, that's kind of where the success has gone from is A&M has been able to get some guys like a Tyree Chappelle from the East coast and, and be able to show, show some of those guys that that guys can come down and, and have success at A&M. And it's, it's just kind of opened up now to, to a national a national approach where AM can go into any sort of territory and 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 work their way into the mix. Oh, for sure. I mean, just you know, we've talked about him before, but Zechariah San or uh not sample, Zechariah Branch getting him on campus. I mean, he you know, he's committed to USC. His brother just signed with USC, he's the number one receiver in the country from Las Vegas. He has no business taking visits anywhere, but he goes one place and it's Texas A&M. Now he says he's solid, but I mean, he took that visit to A&M and you never know. So just, you know, just the fact that they can get a guy like that to come in on an official visit. Yeah. It really does show like, you know, they're not afraid to go anywhere and land anybody. The one, the one area we haven't really seen them recruit much is California just because there aren't, uh, you know, a ton of staff ties out there, but yeah. you know, if there was a guy they really loved, I mean, we saw with quarterbacks, they did, you know, go after, you know, Jaden Rashad out there, but, um, but yeah, California is about the only place in the country that they aren't, you know, pretty much consistently signing kids. I mean, even the Pacific Northwest has been good to them. You know, last year with Mark Namu and uh, Ethan M- Machowski is how he told me he says his name, you know, guys, uh, you know, from Seattle and, and Washington coming to A&M. So, yeah, they're not. I mean, the, the footprint is huge. And that's also never been the case in the past, you know, under Francione and Sherman and Sumlin started recruiting a little more nationally. But, you know, it was mainly, you know, California, whereas, you know, Fishers can go pretty much anywhere. I mean, this staff, you know, it's they're landing kids from just the, the, the rosters from all over the place. It's sort of crazy to look yeah. at. Even even Sweden, as you pointed out, they got a you know kids from oh, Sweden yeah. and Australia. They're going all Two over. Two from place. Australia, yeah. They're go they're going all over, and we'll actually yeah. touch on, on on one of those guys from from Australia after the break. Jimbo Fisher took the podium at SEC Media Days last week and and talked about one of those guys and um, had a lot to say at at SEC Media Days. So we will um, we'll touch on that right after a quick break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni. Uh, Brian, it feels like SEC Media Days is kind of the, the unofficial start of, of the season. Um, and Jimbo Fisher closed it out on, on Thursday afternoon, taking the taking the podium. Obviously, as expected, was asked a lot about NIL and Nick Saban. Um, had kind of looked to move past the Nick Saban stuff, said they're you know, kind of moving past that. He has no issues with Nick Saban and um, really, I think, was was looking to move past that. But, uh, you know, I think one of the big things that emerged from from the entire day on, on all the different uh, appearances he made was he seems to be really excited about where the team is right now. Obviously, he mentioned eight and four is unacceptable, as he put it. And, you know, the team battled some injuries last year and some, in, you know, some inconsistent play at the quarterback position. Um, but really likes the competition in, in place right now and at the different position groups. And I thought that was one. And, you know, really likes what he has at the quarterback room. And, and that was the big takeaway was, you know, I think he feels really comfortable with with any of Max Johnson, Haynes King, or Connor Wigman, which we've we've talked about on this show before. What do you think about the competition that that's just going on and 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 what Jimbo Fisher's tried to instill? I mean, F- Fisher is never going to tip his hand when it comes to quarterback yeah. competitions. I think, you know, his first one with uh, Kellen Mond and Nick Starkle. I mean, I, I believe we broke the the Mond story and A&M still wouldn't confirm it until, you know, Kellen trotted out there for the first series, um, you know, in Fisher's first year. But I, I truly do believe that, uh, you know, that it's still up in the air and that, that he, you know, could see any of the three starting. You know, we've talked Connor Wigman. It's it's hard to see him probably starting just because you know throwing a true freshman out there, you know, in the SEC is 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 tough. So, you know, yeah. I think it's probably Max Johnson and Hanks King. But I think that I think that Fisher would be totally okay either one of those guys winning the job. He would be one hundred percent, you know, feel feel comfortable with the team. And so that means if like last year there's an injury, he would feel one hundred percent. Uh, and feel, you know, perfectly that they were in good hands with the backup. You know, last year that really wasn't the case. I mean, Zach Calzada gave it his best and, you know, was obviously the hero against Alabama. But other than that, you know, just really struggled on the year. But uh, if if the starter does go down this year, whoever is the backup, I don't think you miss much of a beat. And I think I think that's probably, you know, more what he's pointing to is that, you know, they're just in better shape as a whole. Yeah, and you talked a lot about you to your point the depth of the quarterback room, and and um, I think that's that's the big thing is you need to have depth. He pointed to last year that you know, frankly, even besides Zach Calzada, you talked about the you know the shoulder injury he suffered against Alabama. They were potentially about to be put down to Blake Boast for um, in the bowl game if they had played in that because of of the shoulder injury and, and everything going on. So I think, I think that was one of the big things coming out of this off season was, was, you know, he wanted to address that position and, and make sure there was depth there. And um, like you said, I think he would feel comfortable going with both. Another one that, you know, he kind of talked about and uh, was the offensive line. And I think this is another area of the team that, that he's really pleased with how it's come together. Um, we've talked about the offensive line quite a bit, on this show, we've talked about Bryce Foster, Ruben Fathery, Layden Robinson, who was there representing AM last week. Um, 
at high price for Trey Zune. And you know, one one name he continues to bring up, and I think it's a it's it's a good sign for AM is is Jordan Spasovich Moko. I talked about, you know, kind of the recruiting internationally. Um, you know, what do you what do you think if he's kind of the guy that maybe gets in the mix at guard? And um, you know, obviously that that's gonna be kind of the position to watch it during fall camp and, and who kind of wins that job. But um, for me, he's a guy that kind of fits exactly with what A&M is looking to do in the running game and, and that physicality and uh, speaks to the the growth that he's made year one or from year one to year two, just being on campus and um, could be a guy that, 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 that factors into the mix this year. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about TJ Shanahan earlier as just sort of a mauler, like line up and, point to a guy and watch him, you know, try and take the dude's head off. And I think that's what uh, Spazovich Moko is, uh, is as well. You know, the, obviously the concern about him is just experience. He, he's from Australia. He played with the Brisbane Rhinos there. He was at Snow College, but really didn't play. He, he, he stayed in Australia during the COVID year in, in 2020. So he definitely didn't play then. And then last year, I think he may have seen the field, uh, you know, a couple of times, but not really. So, I mean, this is a guy, not just does he not have the collegiate experience, he just doesn't have the experience, but it shows you how good he is and how talented. He's probably the strongest guy on the team, and if he's not the strongest, sorry, Bryce Foster, maybe he's one of the strongest, I should say. (laughs) Um, You know, he's just, you know, gets out there, and if he gets his hands on you in the the run game, like, you're not not going anywhere. So, yeah, I could see, you know, why uh, Fisher is high on him, why Adazio is high on him. You know, that really that's I mean, assuming that that Zune is healthy and ends up as that that starter opposite father at tackle, really the only spot is that guard spot because you have three starters coming back in the other one. So, you know, he, he seems to have a, a really good chance there. I know Aki Agumbi is another one that, you know, has a chance. And I mean, who knows? You know, there, there's a few other guys in the mix. But yeah, Moko's Moko. I, I'm excited to see him if he if he's able to put it all together, because there's just there's no film of him. There's nothing of him. You know, we just there's a reason that all these schools were after him when he was coming out of junior college. But, you know, nobody's seen that. So that that could be a lot of fun if he's truly like living up to this hype. Yeah. And, you know, you, I know you and I saw him just kind of walking around at, at um, the camps last summer and he or last June. And he looked really good, looked physically really, really well built and. Um, you know, the strength is, is kind of evident and, w- and what we've kind of all pointed to as to why why schools were so high on him, why LSU was on him late and, and a whole ton of other schools. And, you know, it's just about g- gaining that experience. But he feels like the perfect fit with with Steve Adazio just in terms of mindset and 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 all that. Um, and, you know, the other position Jimbo Fisher kind of talked about a little bit was receiver. Um, you know, obviously mentioned Evan Stewart mentioned Chase Lanes had a really good summer as well um and a guy that that i know has been around for a couple of years now and and is kind of the the veteran piece to that room but uh made certain no secret that AM needs to kind of have better play out of the receiver room um and and, and have a couple guys step forward but it seems like he does feel better about where that room is as well um heading into this season as well yeah, I mean, even just with Evan Stewart, you have a downfield threat, which is something yeah. AM really didn't have last year. Uh, I think they're really hoping that Moose Muhammad stick, takes a step forward. He's shown sort of the, the flashes of brilliance in practice. You know, he had a couple catches last year, but you know, if he can if he can put it all together, he can be 
a dangerous guy. And yeah, Chase Lane just does everything right. And, you know, he's a veteran that has a bunch of experience. So you can count on him to sort of be the leader out there, him and uh, Anaya Smith both to, to be leaders out there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of burden to put on a freshman and Evan Stewart, but you know, what we saw this spring, he seems to be up to it. And then you got, you know, Noah Thomas and, and Chris Marshall also, also coming yeah. in and some other young receivers. Your Keith Brown has a chance to, to really have a breakout campaign. So yeah, they have more speed and just more ability, you know, whereas in the the past couple of years, it's just sort of been, you know, guys, you know, the, the chase lane, I'm not, I'm not trying to insult chase lane. Cause you know, he's a good player, but you know, he doesn't necessarily, he's not going to jump off the page at you with his physical tools or anything like that. And they've sort of had a roster full of that. Whereas now they have some, some true guys that are difference makers, you know, and so if they're able to put it together, you know, on the field, yeah. it could be, the, the downfield game could be a lot more fun. No doubt, for sure. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And you talked about the, you know, the tight end position too and how Max Wright has kind of stepped forward. We talked about the tight end earlier this month as well. And uh, Max Wright's a guy that, that continues to kind of impress. And uh, Blake Smith, now that he's healthy as well, um, I know you and I were both pretty impressed with what we saw with him earlier in the spring. Um and Jake Johnson as well, factoring in there. It feels like he he feels like he has the weapons on the offensive side to to be more consistent and and to be productive. And now it's just honestly about about putting it all together. And you know the other entertaining part of media days. And you know I know this was kind of the burning question everybody wanted to know is is why he answered why Jimbo answers questions so fast. I thought that was an entertaining <laughs> question. And you know he's to his to his point said he's all into you know, efficiency is efficiency about how he answers questions and the faster he answers them, the more, the quicker everybody can get out of there. I thought that was a great answer. And, and one, yeah, but you know, he's not, he's not having to, uh, to transcribe anything with us. Like that's a great thing about media days and things like that is that they actually have a professional <laughs> transcription service, but even that person, you know, yeah, they're getting paid to do it, but that's tough. And then, you know, I know you and I, when we're doing a press conference, it's just like, all right. And he also, he changes topics in the middle of sentences. Yeah. So I know we had a lot of ellipses because we're like, all right, next topic. Like, you know, we got to skip a little bit to get back to this, but, but yeah, Everything sure. I like, I do like the efficiency and uh, you know what? He does answer a lot of questions because he answers them so quickly, but, but yeah, True. the and transcription then, part is just not, not always fun. A nightmare. I mean, doing, doing his transcription from, from the Texas high school football coaches convention as well was just, I mean, that was, he answered a million questions in about 23 minutes and was out of there, but probably answered what everybody else takes about 30 minutes to answer. And to his point, that was, that was the thing he, you know, they asked, uh, was there any more questions? And it kind of went silent with about two and a half minutes left and said, you see, I saved everybody kind of two, two to three minutes <laughs> yeah. on, on, on our time and, and get everybody out of there. So yeah, not fun to, to, to transcribe, but uh, he certainly packs a lot of information into a little time and you just better be paying attention and listen closely and you'll, you'll catch everything. You, you pick up on it over time, but, uh, yeah, you know, so that was- Bud, Bud Elliott, who works for 24 seven sports now at, uh, his last outlet, he actually did. I believe he interviewed the, the transcriber that worked for Florida state <laughs> that had to, had to transcribe. And I, it's been a while since I read it, but I remember it just being entertaining because, you know, they were just talking about how they had to keep up. You know, they write short, they had, and then go back and fill it out later. But yeah, yeah. it's talking about how how much different he was than other coaches. You know, then I know Mike Leach got up there, didn't have any opening statement, and 
Mike Leach has the little bit of the draw and talks slowly. And so, you know, you go from that to Jimbo Fisher. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little bit different ball game. And I'm 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 on the uh, I'm on the fan, I'm on the the train of Mike Leach is always an entertaining listen on uh, during SEC media days and had some had some great Netflix recommendations and all and all that so um, you know now now that that's done we can kind of turn our heads to the the final week of of recruiting before the season here a big week again um, A&M will have their pool party on Saturday and then we'll be back to to recap everything. Um, next week as well and and look ahead to the start of fall camp which is um expected to get underway um i believe august 8th is kind august of, 8th yeah so we're two weeks we're two, two weeks, weeks away from that from, it may be exactly two weeks from that so exactly two weeks and we're 40 days away from the season so it's, it's yeah it's von, Mil- it's von miller day yeah 40 it's, days it's away von so. miller day and you know i know even a&m had had something on him on, on yeah they Twitter did but we well. had, we had a first we had it first, the first. No. make the record known a- and yeah. the gigam 24 7 twitter had it first and a&m football got it from us that's the narrative yes, we're yes, going well, <laughs> they, yes, they got yes. the countdown from us so let the record show that no um but i think fans can't wait and obviously you can kind of sense the excitement around around um the boards and and around the fan base for the season to just to just get here and and we'll certainly be back again to to cover everything from from the pool party and then the latest on um the recruiting front next week um and again look ahead to fall camp so with that, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off for today. Um, if you like the podcast, be sure to give us a five-star review on and listen to us on Apple, Apple and Spotify. Um, give us a You can hit the subscribe button there to get a notification every time a new podcast drops. And with that, Brian, stay away from any possums, please, this week. And uh, <laughs> we'll uh, keep your dog away from any possums or rats or, or anything like that. And, and we'll be back next week to – to kind of touch on on more A&M recruiting and the football front. With that, everybody, take care, and, and we'll see you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.